Hey, I'm Nicole Ferraro, a contributing editor at Light Reading. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. This week on the show, we're talking with Light Reading's Jeff Baumgartner about NBC's new streaming service, Peacock. Jeff recently wrote about Peacock's official launch, including the fact that, like HBO Max, Peacock entered the world without a deal on Roku or Amazon Fire. Jeff is here to tell us more about what's going on in the streaming space, what it all means, why it matters, and what's likely to happen next. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20-plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows Tier 1 media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Nicole. My pleasure. So to start off, what's the story with Peacock? Um, Before we get into the Amazon and Roku business, can you talk a little bit about where Peacock is available and maybe some of the backstory on why this streaming service and why now from NBC? Sure. Yeah. So after getting like an early preview on uh, Comcast X1 and Flex platforms and Flex is like their their thing for broadband only customers. uh, Peacock from NBC Universal, they launched nationally on July 15th um, under kind of a three-tier model. Uh, there's a completely free version that anybody can get uh, with a lot of ads or <laughs> a sizable number of ads, I guess, but uh, for like 13,000 hours of content. There's a premium version with more limited number of ads with more content, about 20,000 hours for $4.99 a month. And then, you know, if you just can't do with commercials, uh, they do have a $9.99 per month commercial free tier. So at this point, you can get it on quite a few platforms. I know we'll get into the Amazon Roku thing, but uh, yeah. you can get it on uh, Apple devices, all of you know Google stuff, Android, Android TV, Chromecast, uh, Xbox consoles, Vizio and LG smart TVs. And then uh, more recently, they they, they, uh, they did something with the Sony PlayStation 4. And then Cox Communications, another cable operator, uh, has also integrated the, uh, the ad-supported premium Peacock tier on their new Contour boxes for like no added cost, kind of replicating what, what Comcast was doing. And uh, you know, as far as the reasoning for Peacock, you know, it kind of fits into uh, this larger trend in which we're seeing you know, some of the major programmers and, and uh, media companies uh, you know, try to drive more value out of their own libraries and also their new original content through some of these direct-to-consumer streaming subscription and ad-supported services uh, rather than uh, just relying primarily on, uh, from a streaming standpoint, on uh, services like Netflix and you know, things that are kind of in this other you know, digital window. So, um, but in addition to like NBC and Peacock, you know, Disney has what they're doing with Disney Plus, Warner Media with HBO Max, Viacom, CBS is talking about this super streaming service that's going to succeed uh, the CBS All Access service that's out there now. And even Discovery, you know, they're getting close to launching something too. And uh, But the one kind of big difference, I think, 
with, with Peacock is it seems like even though it's direct to consumer and there's a subscription component, um, they're kind of more oriented uh, towards uh, like advanced advertising models uh, versus the subscription models versus some of these other services. Um, okay, so let's get into the Amazon and Roku stuff. What is this about that both Peacock and HBO Max launched without deals with those two? And what do you think mm -hmm. it says about the streaming space at large right now? Well, I think one, one of the, the big things that's, that's kind of come out of this is just how the distribution model and the distribution relationships have uh, changed pretty dramatically. You know, mm -hmm. streaming continues to uh, gain traction and, and uh, adoption by consumers. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more complicated. Now it's a much bigger business. But um, where we used to have the cable operators and some of the traditional pay TV service providers kind of be the uh, the bottlenecks, you know, on getting access to the channels, getting content uh, content available. Uh, I mean, they still are, you know, to a degree. It hasn't really been wiped away by any stretch, but it's also transitioning into the, uh, the streaming world, you know, as platforms like Roku and Amazon's Fire TV kind of reach this point of scale, you know, mm -hmm. and, and branch into, you know, revenue sharing models. And, uh, you know, in the case of Roku, they have kind of this flourishing advertising business that uh, is helping to, you know, it's becoming like a significant growth driver for them. So, so rather than being kind of this neutral party, you know, in the early days where they're like, hey, we're just simply, you know, we're selling boxes, we're providing access, you know, we're the, the white hat in this whole scenario, you know, while, you know, pay TV is having all these issues. Um, you know, the, the businesses have kind of ex, uh, expanded to the point where they become more woven into the broader ecosystem of uh, TV, you know, and, and video. And that that's, causing some tension, you know, right now. And, you know, Peacock, you know, is the recent case, right? So where they've been unable to strike up an agreement with either Roku or Amazon for Fire TV, which happened to be the most popular streaming services, but or platforms. But with respect to Roku, you know, one issue just from the discussions I had, uh, you know, seems to stem from them wanting to have some ad inventory for itself mm -hmm. on Peacock. And uh, and that and, and I think Peacock has been resisting that pretty hard, is especially because that's going to be kind of core to their more core to their uh, strategy than some of these other services. Um, and HBO Max is another one's having an issue with them that I think they're also developing like an ad supported version. But the, the bigger the other big thing is that Roku with the Roku channel and the Amazon channels uh, platforms are. Uh, uh, kind of these major aggregation platforms and mm -hmm. where they want more control or you, you know, they want more control of like the billing relationship and, and kind of subscription cuts and, and things like that. So, so that's kind of been another thing that's kind of surfaced, um, you know, streaming has become a bigger and bigger thing. And some of the stuff has been, has worked out okay with some of the smaller streaming services or kind of earlier into this era. But uh, you know, as, uh, some of these media companies and programmers, the bigger ones are starting to kind of shift their business over to streaming. Um, you know, there's been a lot more pushback. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in, I'm very interested in this particularly because it sounds like there's just going to be a million services for people to subscribe to. Uh, 
Right. <laughs> and you have a million dollars to spend on it, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Seems we've backed right back into the whole cable subscription problem. But um, what mm-hmm. are you going to be keeping your eye on in the near future as far as Peacock is concerned? Well, I think I'm going to be curious to see kind of how their their numbers go. You know, I was uh, just jotted down. I mean, Comcast, their earnings call. Uh, you know, so I think there were like 10 million signups for Peacock since the launch. So, you know, a big round number, but, uh, you know, and they were anecdotally pretty happy with some of the early numbers on usage and engagement. Um, I think we're going to get a lot more data on that, um, with respect to like monthly active users and other measures that, uh, you can get a better picture on what's happening, um, kind of in the quarters to come. And then, you know, just keeping an eye on how the whole the whole sector evolves, um, you know, with uh, and how well some of these standalone direct to consumer businesses kind of stack up versus uh, working with the pay TV providers and kind of getting integrated on their platforms because they they still kind of view themselves as this uh, super aggregator role. So it's like, how are they going to balance those two sides? And then. the final thing, of course, we're going to kind of keep an eye on how uh, the streaming services and and kind of the big platforms play together. Um, I think we're going to see these deals get done with a lot of, through a lot of clenched teeth and hand wringing and all that that goes with it. Um, uh, We're going to see that get done. But the fact is, I mean, there's a lot more tension does show, you know, just how much, how much more complicated the streaming world has become from a business standpoint, you know, we used yeah. to all talk about technology and bits, you know, megabits per second and, 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 you know, HD versus 4k and kind of these, uh, technical oriented aspects to it. But, uh, the whole business is, is kind of shifting and evolving and, you know, how, how's everybody going to, you know, come together on this. And it seems like there's still a lot to be ironed out. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk through this with me. And I'm looking forward to reading your stories on whatever happens next. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeff Baumgartner, for taking the time to talk with me today. We'll be keeping an eye out for all of your stories. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share this episode with a colleague or friend, and subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. That's the story for now. We'll be back next week. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20-plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows tier one media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery.